we can turn to the book of Acts, chapter 3. We are aware about the convention, I guess. Pray for the convention. Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It reads in this manner, I found. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, which was three o'clock in those days. And a certain lame, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried home the lady daily at the gate of the temple, which is called the beautiful, to ask alms of the men that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them, then Peter and silver, said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen. And he took him up by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had, had happened unto him. And as the layman which was healed held Peter and John, and all the people ran together unto them in the posh, that is called Solomon's greatly wandering. Amen. Amen. As we bow our, uh, our heads, gracious Heavenly Father, this morning we are very much thankful. We are thankful for a beautiful weather outside, and we are thankful for you having preserved us because it's not because of our state of mind or our state of health that we are here, but it is because of your grace. And Lord, for us as responsible believers, we know if you have given us one extra day, it means we need to praise you even more. It means we need to serve you in a better way. It, means, it shows that there is a need for us to have a closer walk with you. And that is why this morning we have made our way to this place just to come and glorify your name. We, Lord, we have read the, read the word. We just want to commit the reading of the word to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. God bless you richly. I'm trying to look for a brother, but I don't see him. It's not a problem. Amen. Uh, good to see you this morning. Amen. I want us this morning to speak on a burden of low expectations. Amen. A burden of low expectations. 
Amen. How many came here this morning <laughs> expecting something from the Lord? Okay. It's almost 90% some. They say, it looks like we don't care what happens. Amen. How many came expecting from the Lord? Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I hope you, you are not a, the kind of person that would just wake up and go to a place having zero expectations because it's a, it will be a waste of time. It will be a waste of effort. Amen. Some of you have traveled very afar and put petrol to make it to this place, but I hope that as you were coming, you were having great expectations in your heart. Hallelujah. That the church is not just a, a routine, but it's something that you do with a consciousness of what you expect. Amen. Are we together? All right. I hope you are here. Now, we, uh, uh, this I was reading at the, it is a research that was done by the University of London. Uh, they had uh, commissioned a study, and they came to a conclusion that uh, for you to live happily, uh, you've got to have low expectations, because low expectations means less disappointments. Amen. Uh, I, I disagree with the study. Amen. I disagree with the study. But, and they, they mentioned it was quite a, an intensive experiment that they have done on quite a sizable number of people that they pulled through as a, as a sample. But I said uh, I, I disagree I think having low expectations is better than some. Hallelujah. I think having low expectations uh, compromises your well-being. Amen. And, and I, I thought about it when I looked at the study and I said, do I have a scripture? And my eyes fell on Acts chapter 3. And I looked at this man that used to be carried every morning and was laid at the gate called Beautiful. And I looked at this man, and I hope this morning you are not like this man, uh, because he wasn't expecting much. He was caught up in this daily routine where people would carry him at the gate called Beautiful, and they would bring, in the evening they would go and carry him back at home. Uh, it was just a routine with no expectation of a miracle, with no expectation of divine healing. And I hope this morning you are not like that. The Bible says this man was run about slightly above 40 years of age. And he had been lame since his mother's, uh, since his birth. And was carried there to the gate called Beautiful Daily. And I, I looked and I said, uh, the devil... The devil, for some reason, is a very cunning being. He can throw a problem at you until you try to adjust it to a problem and until you own the problem, until you expect no deliverance from the problem that you have. I, I don't know how many here have ever dealt with a situation until for some reason 
you came to a point where you expected that it's the way things are going to be. Uh, hallelujah. And, and, and I think this man, because he had been lame uh, from, his mother's, uh, from his mother's womb, uh, throughout his 40-year uh, uh, life here on earth, he did not expect much. He must have figured out that uh, I will probably die by the gate called beautiful. There isn't much expected of me. Uh, and even the people that he, they used to see him at the gate beautiful, they didn't expect him much of him. He had become like a, like a pillar next to the temple because every time they walked in, they would look at him and see that he was there. Some of them would throw sense at him uh, to collect as he was there to receive arms. Amen. Are we together? Uh, my question would be, this man, uh, I think even himself, he didn't have much expectations because he did not want to be disappointed. He, you couldn't tell him anything because he was caught up in this routine. And that is why this morning I want to say, the low expectations create a burden. Hallelujah. Uh, coming to church without expecting to be blessed, it's quite a burden because you spend a lot of time to come here. Hallelujah. Uh, going on the Christian journey without expecting spiritual growth and spiritual stability, it must be an expectation. It must be burdensome. Hallelujah. So this man had been carried out into the, into, to the temple, and they, they put him there by the gate. And my question would be, the people that brought him there, after they, they leave him there, did they go into the temple, or did they go straight home? Amen. But we, we are going to dissect this text as we, as we move along. Amen. Now... The devil sometimes, if you've got a problem, he can condition you to accept the problem until such time you look for elements that can reinforce your condition. Hallelujah. They, so sometimes they say dysfunctionality uh, loves company. Uh, a, a woman that is not happily married, she... She doesn't rest until she gets another woman that is not happily married so that they can have a fellowship of how useless men are. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. A, a happily, a, an unhappily married woman doesn't love the company of happily married women. Hallelujah. But if she can walk into an environment where somebody, I mean, in our day, People are throwing statements loosely uh, where you say, if she could hear another one say, men are dogs, then it's like a revival. Uh, they would even arrange tea just to talk about uh, uh, men being dogs. Amen. But I've come to realize if you say men are being dogs, you have been brought into the earth by, by a man. And it might mean that you are just acknowledging that you are a little dog. Amen. Oh, because sometimes people make statements forgetting. You can never condemn the source. Uh, the source will always, you, you will always trace you back to the source. Amen. Are, are, are we together? Oh, 
sometimes some of you, your problems never go away because you look for people that have the same problems as you have so that you can sit down and be very complacent and say, this is who we are, this is how we are, there isn't much that can happen. Hallelujah. So that the environment that you reside in, then you lower the expectations. Are we together? Uh, I, can, I, can, I can give different examples. I've given uh, uh, an example about an unhappily married woman. I can say uh, even a man who, who is lazy doesn't want to work. For some reason, he will find other men that do not want to work, and they will have reasons as to why they don't want to work. That's why I say dysfunctionality loves company. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, 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 show me your friends I can tell you where you are going Amen. Hallelujah Amen. You can never rise above your company Amen. Are we together? Amen. I hope you are here this morning yes, Now this man And, and, and look Sometimes um, I'm going to say things for what they are I, I don't know These people that had carried this man For 40 years to the temple For him to receive donations. I, I, I don't know. Mm, mm, I don't know whether they made a career out of carrying out this man. I don't know whether had they given up on finding a solution for this man. I'm simply saying sometimes you can have a problem, but the people that surround you may not want you to find a solution to your problem. Some of them can make a career out of your problem. Uh, hallelujah. That is why in this church, we, can, we, we do not accept that people can have a problem forever. We, you've got to snap out of that. You've got to find a solution. You've got to be uncomfortable in your situation and say, God, I want to move. I want this matter to be resolved. I want this sickness. I want a healing for this sickness. Don't ever accept something that does not come from God. Amen. Hallelujah. And sickness do not come from God. Problems do not come from God. Yes, unless if it is a trial, but there is no eternal uh, trial. It must be for a season, and you must learn something and move on. Are we together? I hope we are together here this morning. Amen. Now, the, uh, yes, there are, there are some people that do not love you to go any far. Hallelujah. The, the, it could be sometimes even in your family relatives. They just want you to be a charity case until such time they boast and say, you know, they don't have this and that, and I'm going there to drop this uh, with a sense of pride. Hallelujah. Uh, and that is why every poor family sometimes has got relatives that would go out of their own way to abuse that poor family and to make sure that no one from that poor family makes it in life. I'm just giving an example on the natural here. Hallelujah. And maybe uh, I expect you to say amen if I'm not speaking Greek. Hallelujah. It, it, it does not mean that everything, uh, when everything goes right for you, people are happy for you. Hello. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's the very people that are close to you. Uh, they are used to you crying. And it, when you don't cry, they wonder, where is he? Where is she? Because we expect he or her to come and cry here. Hallelujah. And that is why, as a being, especially if you are a message believer, do not create an impression that you are always crying. Hallelujah. And and every time when you cry, make sure that you cry to the right people. 
I don't want to cry to the people that don't have a solution to my problem. Hallelujah. If I speak about a problem to you, it means there is an acknowledgement on my part that for some reason you have a solution. If you don't have a solution, I'm not going to raise my problem with you. Hallelujah. For what? For what? Hallelujah. Amen. And, and sometimes, uh, uh, sisters, you'll bear with me. Uh, let me come into your zone again. Hallelujah. If, 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 you, are, if you are unhappy, hallelujah, we, we, I, I know you'll bear with me. <laughs> uh, uh, sisters can talk about a problem that they don't expect a solution for, just for the sake of talking about it. And they feel good about talking about it. And if somebody can give the, a solution, they get upset because they were enjoying to talk about it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, because it's very simple, and I'll give you a demonstration. If, if a brother comes to me or comes to another brother and says to a brother, uh, Brother, uh, I've got a problem with my boss. He's doing this and this and this. That. Uh, a, 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 a brother listening to this one will simply say, how long has the problem been going on? And say, look, it's been over a year. I think I th- initially thought it's a, pa- a personality conflict, but I've picked up that actually it may be something very personal. Uh, this brother will say to the brother, no, man, uh, fix your CV, look for a job somewhere else. Stay with me. Do you see? A problem is presented, a solution is presented immediately. Amen. But if it is two women and say, look, I've got my boss, uh, she, he's giving me a problem, but the other woman will not say, look for a job. will say, uh, how is he? Hallelujah. This is how he is. Hallelujah. And then they will do, is he tall? Is he short? No one, if he's tall, no, tall men are very proud. Or short men are, I don't know whether we're together. And they will move, how does he get dressed? And they get comfort in talking about a problem. And because they are able to ventilate the, the issues that they have, uh, but once they are done, then they feel okay. Are we together? Yes, we are married to women. We understand what we are talking about here. Hallelujah. They don't want you to rush to give solutions. They want you to hear them out, how they feel about it. Can I have an amen here, sisters? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and sometimes if a man, a wife mentions a problem and the man just comes up with a solution immediately, then she turns around and says, you don't even listen to me. <laughs> amen. And I've seen some poor men, sometimes even when the wife says, the, that's why when a woman says to a man, we've got to talk, I don't know. It seems like immediately something goes wrong. The man is afraid of those words. We need to talk. Amen. And, and sometime, after the problem, you have presented a solution. Immediately, uh, the woman says, you, you don't even listen to me. Uh, I've seen men that apologize even before the woman says what the problem is. Hallelujah. Have I done something wrong? I apologize. But I haven't told you what you did. What are you applauding? It means it's not even genuine. Amen. Those are the dynamics. I'm simply saying there are people that have problems. 
but they don't want solution to the problems. They want to talk about a problem, and they've got no expectation that it must be resolved. Are you here this morning? I'm seeing this man for 40 years. He had a problem. He was lame. He was disabled from his, his birth. And for some reason, he was, he was accustomed. He was used to his cycle of being carried to the temple. And he was put there by the temple by certain people that were responsible for his movement. And none of them sought a solution for this problem. Hallelujah. Amen. And it, it amazes me because these people, they never took him to a liquor joint. They took this young man, this man to a temple. And I'm asking myself and I say, if, if, if he was there by the temple and people walked into the temple and walked out of the temple, why did not the temple have a solution for this man's problem? But yet he was there at the gate called Beautiful. Hallelujah. Even the name by its nature, I, it's a, it's a, I mean, the, the, the gate was called beautiful because it was 32 meter high and 62 meter wide. Hallelujah. And it was made of brass. Very beautiful gate. And this man used to come and be brought and laid at the gate called beautiful. And I'm saying, this man had an ugly problem at a very beautiful place. Uh, hallelujah. I'm just presenting, this is quite an oxymoron because have you ever had an ugly problem in a beautiful place? (laughs) Hallelujah. Maybe I can just take a minute and present some of the oxymorons of life. Have have you ever been so close but yet be so far? Uh, Hallelujah. Have you ever looked so beautiful outside but internally? There is a, an ugly thing going on. Uh, are you here, church? Yes. I, I, I just want to dwell on that one. You, you, you have a beautiful house, a beautiful car, and everybody admires you. But if they were to spend a week with you as a couple, they will say, no, 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 no. no. I don't want to stay in that house. So I'm simply saying, do not judge things on, on, on face value. This man had an ugly problem. He was disabled. And he was brought there by the gate called Beautiful. But here is something interesting about this man as well. You, you know the Bible says you are a temple. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you agree that this man... If, if we say a man is a temple, he was a disabled temple. So a physically disabled temple was brought to a spiritually disabled temple. Because if the temple at which he was being brought to had power, this man should not be laying there for 40 years. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? I'm saying you can go to church for many years. And the church doesn't help you at all. And that is why we that are in the message, we understand what it means to go to the house of the Lord. We go to the house of the Lord and we pray and say, God, as we are going there, if there is a sick person, may you heal them. If there is a sinner, may you find them and redeem them. If there is a problem, may you resolve it. 
we, we are here this morning not because we are short of company, but we are here because we have expectations. Uh, we are not here because we want to impress one another. We are here because we are fighting a battle and we are here to get a solution and, and a reinforcement for our battle so that when we go back, we become better than when we came here. Are we together? Uh, we are not going to church because we are wearing a new suit. No, 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 no. If you do that, then you are carnal and there is death in carnality. But a spiritual mind comes to church with a state of expectation. God, I need you to intervene in this situation. That is why I'm going there. So that I can show you my commitment and show me your commitment. Hallelujah. And quite frankly, I'd much better say this. A lot of people that, do, that start with us and that never finish the journey have got low expectations. Hallelujah. The people that left with Moses, that left Egypt with Moses, many of them never reached Canaan because they had low expectations. As they were moving in the wilderness, they still had releasing on memories of Egypt. But Joshua and Caleb had high expectation. Joshua knew I've got a place, a God-given place in the promised land. Caleb knew I've got a God-given place in the promised land. And when you've got an expectation, then you've got determination. Hallelujah. And uh, maybe let's just to create a discomfort for you because... I'm not here just to create a comfort for you. Some, some of you, you don't take church seriously because you are not a church after church. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because when you are a church, a church is not a building. A church is people that come and make up a church. So on Monday, even when we are not there, you are still a church. You, you want to give hope wherever you go. You want to testify about the Lord. And for some reason, because you give so much, you get depleted. And now you want to come for a refill. But if you don't give, you don't see the need to come and refill. The reason I come to Wednesday is because I gave out on Monday. I gave out on Tuesday. And I said, God, when are we going back so that you can refill me? That on Thursday I can give more. On Friday, I can give more. On Saturday, I can give more. And on Sunday, refill me. Are you here? Because why? You can never give what you don't have. We are here to receive so that we can give to the world. I hope you are still with me here. Now, this man... I don't know if the priest had walked through the gate. And for some reason, for 40 years, I wonder why he never had the desire to go into the temple. Why he was comfortable to come by the gate and not enter in. When he saw others entering in, was then no desire that was created in his heart and say, as everybody walks in, oh God, help me to walk in. I'm saying, and, and quite frankly, we, we, are not, we, are not, we are not in competition. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We, we are not in competition and I'm not, I'm not trying to drive competition here. However, I cannot be in the message for so long and somebody comes in yesterday and three months down the line they seem to be more mature than I am while I've been in the message for a long time. I cannot be in the message and be at every conference and be at every service, but not experience the blessings of the Lord. And some drunkard that just got baptized six months ago can, can, can have a heavenly consciousness ten times better than I have, but I've yet been in the message for far too long. I'm saying be frustrated to be an almost believer. Be a complete believer. And be the kind of believer that says, God, if you're going to do it, you're not going to do it without me. We are in partner. If you're going to bless somebody, start with me. So that when they speak about your blessings, I will have something to add and say, I know what you have experienced because I have experienced that. Are we together? Christianity is an experience. Amen. I'll come to the quotations. I'm just building a background so that we, we are going somewhere. Are we together? He was brought there by the gate called Beautiful, but never entered in. Every morning when he woke up, he thought about sense, silver. Hallelujah. How much will I get today? Hallelujah. For as long as he expected sense and silver, that's exactly what he got. Brother Branham says you get what? Come on, church. Are you here? You get what? You get what you expect. And quite frankly, he says if you've come to church to criticize... There is a plenty that you will find that you can have a revival on as far as you being a critic is concerned. We can sing an African song and all of us and say, what can I now? Are we singing Africans? Hallelujah. Or we can English and say, are we English? There's a lot that you can pick up. But I expect that this morning you have come with an expectation. You say, God, as a being, I have needs. As a being, I have a soul. And I'm going to the house of the Lord to, to be fed. Oh, maybe I'm, you're not here. A, a believer that has got expectation, even before the minister opens the Bible, they are already blessed. Even before they know what the title of the message on that day is, Because they came with a state of expectation. Expectation makes you to be reachable by the almighty God in his presence. Are we together here? Amen. I don't feel we are together, but I will preach it too. I hear that all of you are here. Hallelujah. Somebody, you read a scripture and say John chapter 1 verse 1. Immediately. Immediately, even before we read, 
Something moves in them. Hallelujah. You read a quotation, it moves. You know why? If you have not been reading, you are not going to be blessed when we read. If you have not been listening to the message, you are not going to be blessed. I'm saying the service is here to bless those that are already blessed based on what they do in their houses. Hallelujah. Church doesn't start in a building, it starts in your home. When, you are wake up, when we wake up in the morning, you've got a certain song on your mind. And when the brother comes here and sings a song, there are people that come to me and say, Pastor, you know what you have been preaching is exactly what I've been talking to such and such person about. It's because those people are spiritually attuned. And when you are spiritually attuned, you get blessed even before you come to the house of the Lord. And when you come, the blessing just confirms that you are on the right path. But low expectation, how do you have low expectation if you have never even flipped through a page of a spoken word or a Bible? Yeah? Not listen to the tape of the prophet. Just woke up and went to church. Even when you come back, you don't even do a review of what you have had. Hallelujah. Even when you are in church, you are anxious. You look at those tasks that you had to do that you have not done. You are so far away, but you are wondering why is God not blessing you. It's because you are far away. Come closer. He will come closer to you. And how do you come closer? To come close to the Lord, it requires discipline. Amen. Amen. Brother Brenham, in this message... The leading of the Spirit of God, paragraph 21, it says, expectations, if you're expecting it, you will receive it. If you're expecting it, you will receive it. You usually get what you expect to get. If you come to the meeting this morning expecting to find something to criticize the meeting, the devil will show you. Hallelujah. As I'm here preaching, the devil is on everyone's shoulder this morning in this church. Yes, the devil does come to church. Isn't the Bible says when the brethren appeared, even the accused of the brethren appeared today. So as I'm here, the devil is whispering certain things in your ear to suppress whatever I'm saying to you. That's why when you say amen, you're not impressing a preacher, but you are defeating the demon. That is whispering something in your ear. And you say, David, I don't believe your message. I believe that message. Amen to that message. And down on this message. That's why those that don't say amen, not long, they doze off and sleep. They're listening to another message. Hallelujah. Are you here? If you come to the meeting this morning expecting to find something to criticize the meeting, the devil will show you. He will see that you get satisfied. Oh my. He will minister to that critical spirit. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, something will definitely go wrong. And you'll say, I knew it. I knew it would go wrong. No, it never went wrong because it went wrong. It went wrong because you expected it to go wrong. But if you come expect that everything is going to work right, everything is going to work right. 
Are you here? And it says, you get what you expect. If you come to get a blessing, God will see that you get it. If you come to get saved, God will see you get it. If you come to get healed, God will see that you get it. If you come, well, God will see that you do it. It's whatever you expect. And this morning, this morning I want to say, what are your expectations? If after church I would ask you and say, what did you come out to do? Have you achieved what you came out to do? Will the answer be yes? And if the answer is no, you've wasted your time. Hallelujah. And if you drove, you've wasted your petrol. Hallelujah. I'm saying God takes people seriously when they take themselves seriously. Hallelujah. And it says in this message, where I think Pentecost failed. He says, and folks, we had much better come to the house of the Lord having great expectations. Not small expectations, big expectations. Because we serve a big God. Hallelujah. He says, he wants us to ask and believe that our joys would be full. He wants you to ask abundantly. That's what the prophet says. He wants you to ask for big things. Don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. Hallelujah. Have you got a problem this morning? God wants you to ask that, God, this problem has been going on for far too long. I want it to be resolved, not tomorrow, but right in this meeting. God, I'm sick. I've been sick for a long time. But I'm here so that you can attend to this sickness. Hallelujah. Ask for big things because you serve a big God. Hallelujah. Ask for big things. Don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. Get on out here to some kind of faith and move out in big things. Big things are just as easy to receive as little things. Hallelujah. If you ask a little thing, you will receive it. If you ask a big thing, you will receive it. The difference is just your expectation. But this morning, if I was you, I would say, God, I've got a big bucket for big blessings. Hallelujah. You just have to believe. You've got to have faith just to know exactly how to use it. It will be all right. I'm now in the message. Hear ye him. Paragraph 19. Don't never be afraid to ask big things. That's the prophet. Do you believe him? God wants you to ask big things. He doesn't want you to be a little petty and juvenile. He wants you to ask big things that your joys may be full. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, I've realized believers normally ask, and you, you, you will get what you ask for. If, let me say you've got a troublesome son. He's on Yahoo for some reason. He doesn't sleep at home. He gives you sleepless nights because he's, no longer there. he's not there. If you ask and say, God, May he never sleep outside. May he always come back home. God will make sure that he comes home. 
But here is what I want to say. You have not asked a big thing. You have asked a small thing. Because the problem is not that he's outside. The problem is that he's not a believer. If I was you, I was not saying, I don't care what time he come. But God, now, I want that boy, wherever he is, the Holy Ghost to go wherever he is and convict his heart so that he can come home with tears streaming down his cheeks and say, Mommy, I want to worship the God that you worship. But a lot of times, believers will firstly will ask and say, Oh God, I want him to be serious on his studies. Education is not an issue there. There is something if it falls into place, his environment will fall into place. And the first thing is that he must be a believer. Are you here this morning, folks? I'm asking you, I'm teaching you to ask bigger things. Don't ask something that when you are given, it does not have an impact on your environment. Ask for things that when they happen, your environment will be changed. Sometimes, the problem is not, I want my husband to be right. No, I want my marriage to be right. No, sometimes if you say, oh God, I want to share eternity with this man. You have asked a bigger thing that will address your marriage. Are you, are you here? Is it helping with your thinking? Hallelujah. Now you know when you approach God, take time before you talk to him. I mean, if you work in a company and they say, uh, the MD, yeah, that issues that you have, you, can, you go and see the MD, the managing director. The first thing that you do, you don't just bash into the MD and scratch your head and say, no, you go there prepared. You write things. You write notes. And when you get there, you've got your notes there. And you say, firstly, this is what I require. And you, after you are done, you take it off. You move to another one. You are meticulous. You are detailed in whatever you read. You are not haphazard. And everything that you are asking, you know if they ask you, why do you want it? You've got a reason for it. Believers, a lot of times, they ask things and they don't know why they need them. They can, you can ask the right thing with the wrong motive. You are not going to get it. Hallelujah. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. If you don't have a car, why do you need a car? Why do you need a car? Yes, we can preach and say, ask, write whatever you need in your Bible. There, whatever you need, and you write a car. Next day, you still don't have it. And you say, the gospel does not have a power. What was the motive? Who did you have in mind when you asked for that car? God is not going to give you something so that you galvanize around here with no sense of purpose. But if you say, oh God, I've got a family. And we want to go to the house of the Lord. Whether it is raining or not raining, I need a car. God will give you a car. But if you ask him, you say, goodness, they will see me when I get there. Even God looks at you and says, mm, you are not mature. 
And this morning I can ask a question. Are you made sure to handle a blessing? A blessing is not for everyone. A blessing must go to the level of your maturity. If you want to be a director, have you got a maturity to become a director? Why do you want to do that? Whatever you need, why do you want it? Yes, brother, you are single. You wonder why. Why? There must be a reason. You remember what I said? When purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. If you ask, what is the motive? Oh, no, I want to own my business. Why? Why? But if you, imagine if you go to God and say, God, I'm tired of working shifts. I'm tired to being away from the house of the Lord. I want to work on something that gives me time to come and worship you. God will give it to you and God will bless it because the motive is right. But people have wrong motives. Hallelujah. You just want to eat because you want to have swag. And God is not that petty. What is the reason? I want healing. What is the reason? And God will test on small things. I've, I've seen, even in this church, where God does something for people and they keep quiet. Hallelujah. I mean, hello, brothers. You know we are ego. We are, we are very egotistic. Men by nature, they've got fragile egos. Hallelujah. Amen. And sister, there is nothing that can send him close early to the grave than when he could hear, overhear you talking to your friends and say, my man is so useless. And there is nothing that can inflate his ego than to, for him to hear you speaking about him to your friends and say, you know my husband, hallelujah, he does things properly. His planning is flawless. Hallelujah. He's a man of his weight. Whatever he says, he does it. Hallelujah. He's a man of principles. He's a provider to our family. He's a stable man in his thinking and in his doing. When a, a woman, when a man overhears you talking like that, it makes his stature to rise. And it makes his way of conduct to rise, to be above average, based on what? Isn't what we are saying about our Lord? Yes. Hallelujah. He said, is Melchizedek, he can do everything. He can heal all the diseases. He can create as a creator, as the owner of the universe. The more we talk about him, we make him to go into action to prove that whatever we speak about him, we are not lying. Are we together? Amen. Are you still with me? So, the motive must be right. What is the motive? And even if God has given you something, always be conscious 
is the motive still right? If the motive is not right, repent and get back to the right motive. Because sometimes you can receive a blessing, but few have the ability to retain a blessing. And it's not God's fault that he can bless you today and tomorrow the blessing is gone. It's your conduct. Are you still here? So God doesn't want you to be little petty and juvenile. Hallelujah. He wants you to ask big things that your joys may be full. Could you imagine a little fish above, about that big out yonder in the Atlantic Ocean saying, I better drink just a little bit of this water. I might run out of water. Hallelujah. And we've got such believers. Look, we, we serve the God of abundance. If he says I'm Jehovah Jireh, it's not just a lip service. He means what he says. Hallelujah. Are we still together? He says, imagine, could you imagine a little mouse up about that big down there in the great Ghanas of Egypt saying, I just better eat two grains a day because I might run out before summertime. Well, that's nonsense. If they had 10, 100,000 reds of that size, they would just eat as normal and never run out. If they had billions times, billions of tons of them fish, they would never drink that water up. How many times could we multiply? You could never exhaust God in his powers and his message to his children. He is the inexhaustible fountain of life. Just drink, just drink, just keep on drinking, just keep on drinking. The fountain will never run dry. Hallelujah. Now, I'll come back to this one. Let's go back to our our man. Now they'd taken him to the temple. He was there. He knew religion. Religion was aware that that man was there at the temple, at the gate called Beautiful on daily basis. Religion loves the status quo. Religion wants you to be where you are and never to go anywhere higher than where you are. Are we together? And I'll give you an example for that matter. And I had much better say it because these days we are not afraid. Do you think if you are at the CC, they want you to run out of problems? If you go to a ZCC prophet, is there ever a time where he would look at you and say, goodness, everybody could be like you. Problem, you don't have any problem. Never. Every day when you come there, there is a problem. Because as long as there is a problem, then they will maintain you to be in that condition. Hallelujah. Are we together? 
even you that normally would know, a witch doctor will never run out of problems to tell you. Every time when you are there, it's like you're on the, on the edge of death. And he needs to help you because there is a problem. Once you resolve this one, it says, no, there is another one. When you resolve that, there is another one. That's, that's the nature of religion. And the message of William Branham has come, not to make you to be dependent, but to make you to be independent. Are we together? That's why when, when a person comes to me and presents a problem, I take my time. Because I want the, the problem to be resolved. So that next time they are independent, they know that we can resolve this problem. Are we together? If a couple has got marital pro, marital problem, I don't want them to always say, let me call the pastor. I want when, to, when I sit with them, I want them to have the ability when they encounter another problem to sit down and say, we can sort it out. The pastor has showed us how to resolve it. Are we together? And that is why sometimes I had much better say to you, a long queue to the pastor's office doesn't mean this ministry is successful. It means there is a problem. People are not growing. Hallelujah. I would like to have you pop into my office and say, Pastor, you remember that problem? I've got a testimony. I will tell you on Wednesday when you've got a tie. Hallelujah. Because why? You are growing. Are you here? And that's why you can't keep on fighting the same demons. The devil will disrespect you. He must give you something to show that he respects you. Hallelujah. I mean, the Sunday school kids, they are growing. At some point in time, they need to move out of Sunday school. Because why? They cannot remain. That's why most of you that have got beards, you cannot join Sister Lorraine, Sister Maseko in the Sunday school. No, you have grown. Hallelujah. But, but, but why will the devil keep you in his Sunday school? After 15 years in the message. You fight battles that even juveniles don't know anything about. They have gone graduated from that. Are you here? Gro- growth brings a new challenge. And uh, the, the, when you know, the reason you know you're growing is when you begin to meet challenges that you never met before. Yes, even me as a pastor, I'm growing. I'm not a dwarf here. Hallelujah. That's why you will see the devil throwing a lot of things. He, he's testing me because he sees he threw that one. I survived. He, and even next day, he's planning a bigger one. But you know why? I'm not afraid because why? God has capacitated me to meet whatever the devil throws my way. Because God will never allow it to come my way until he knows I can handle it. Are you here, believers? Expectation brings growth. And growth brings new challenges. Yes, brothers. Amen. And sometimes... Brothers, don't, people don't understand. You find a man, he was not in the message. He was not even living right to his wife. And when they come in, they have a problem, and it gets resolved. Hallelujah. The man believes right. As soon as he lives right, 
Not long after months, they say the wife has got cancer. Then the brother turns around and says, but why? I mean, I was an unbeliever. We never had cancer. Now I'm a believer. There is cancer. No, it's because you are growing. That's why we don't promise people easy life. When you join the army, the more experienced you are, the more we deploy you to where the battle becomes intense. Because why? We've got trust in you that you will be able to handle it. Brother McClave spoke about God's expectation. God has got a higher expectation of you and you must meet those expectations. You can never be a baby forever. God expects a growth. So that he can go to the devil and boost and say, there is a brother. You said he won't make it, but look how he's going. Can God risk by testifying to the devil about you? Can God risk it? Young woman, can God risk and say, they have all fell through the cracks as they go through high school and varsity. But David, not this young one. This one will go through high school, will go through varsity, and will graduate still being a godly young woman. Can God take a risk on you? Brother, in this world where men cannot live true to their marriage vows, can God look at you and say, there is a righteous man. When everybody is turning back on their marriage vows, here is a man that will stick to his ways. Are you, are you dependable in God's economy? Yes. And if the church cannot trust you, surely God cannot trust you. Amen. Yes, there are people that, you, you, I said it, there are people that the church doesn't trust. If you don't see them at church, you say, I wonder what has gone wrong. And there are people that we trust. Even if they say he has been deployed for three months, work-related somewhere, we know wherever. That brother, if he's not coming back, there is a new church that will start around that brother there. That was a very fainted, amen? I don't know what the reason it was fainted. If you move to where there is a message church, will we have another message church through you? Or will the devil celebrate and say, I got him! And you know the answer. You can answer to that. But if you've got high expectations of yourself, as far as worship is concerned, you say, Brother Mariba, I know. Sisters, yes, there are sisters where churches started because a sister was taken, they took her to a certain place. When she got there, there was no church. And all of a sudden, they started visiting brothers and started, she started testifying. Not long, there is a big message church going on there. What happened is because the sister knew who she was, irrespective of where she found herself in, and say, no matter where I am, I'm a believer. But some, when they move, they are traumatized. Dress the way they dress. Talk the way they talk. Until such time. Later on, it will be somebody say, but I know you from somewhere. 
when you get jittery and say, because God will follow you. Are we together? A burden of low expectations. Maybe let me give an example. I think the metrics have started with the exams. If you are a student, and you are doing a subject, and you are expecting to achieve symbol A, if you fail to achieve A, what are you going to achieve? Come on, church. E. Oh, okay. B. Then if you were planning to achieve E, what are you going to achieve? Hallelujah. Can you see expectation? Either you come close or above that or at that point. Hallelujah. But there is no one that has expected to get F that will get A. No, there is no such miracle. Follow me here. Follow me. Young men in the message, their expectations have dropped of the quality life that they expect for their families. They are living in a trial and error mode. Hallelujah. Let me test whether it will work. Maybe it will work. And let me, if you say it might not work, it will never work. Are we together? I see young men, they've got no sense of purpose today. They, they, they just float around because there is no expectation. But a young man that knows that I've got a wife somewhere that God has prepared, you will see their conduct. It will be right because they know when I meet that right woman, I must be in the right state. Are we together? A man that has got a high expectation of himself, he respects himself. And a man that has got a low expectation of himself, he, goodness, he's like an object, he loses himself. Are we together? Yeah. Expectation brings a self-respect to you and respecting the almighty God. Are we together? Yeah. This man... Can you imagine how he had lost the dignity? Have you ever been wanting to do something and you couldn't do it? You depended on people. It's, it's not nice. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, you, human beings have got limitations. How many know that? Yeah. God has got no limitation. Uh, a human being, oh goodness. There's a brother, and that's why I said the motive must be right. He came. He wanted God to bless him with a taxi. He did a prayer request, and God blessed him with a taxi as per his request. And see, I don't want the children of God to suffer. I want after the service to take them home because I see they are suffering, and God provided the taxi. After six months, hallelujah, he was there unhappy and say, but don't they know that it needs petrol? Don't they know that it needs some spare parts? It was a headache. Are we together? Hey, if you commit something, don't be excited when God has blessed you with something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, I've seen it. God has given us this big car so that when we go to the convention, we must not struggle. I can fit even other children of God. When the convention comes, the deacons look for you. You're gone. And they wonder and say, but he said he, 
when he requested it, it will help not only him, but the children of God. Are you, are you with me here? That's why you must check that always your motive is right. So when, when you are able or when you want to do something for yourself but you are unable, human beings have got limitations. I'm sure there must have been some other people that carried him, that carried him back, that carried him, until they got tired and said, no, 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 no. We are not going. He's not even making enough money there by the gate called Beautiful. So, over 40 years, he must have exchanged people that were helping him. People got tired. He begged people. But he, his need was not to be helped by people. His need was a healing. Amen. But he, this, this disability had robbed him of his dignity. He had to beg people. He became a beggar and they were used to him being a beggar. At the gate called beautiful. And men went past him. Religious men. But they did never have a solution to his condition. But one day. One day. Came two men. That had a relationship. With the man called Jesus. And when this man. When he looked at this man. He thought I'm a charity. He expected for them to feel pity for him and give him sense. But this man had a bigger solution. God help me, lead me to people that will have bigger solutions. Not people that will be comfortable when I'm disabled. But people that can lift me up and say, brother, you can move forward. Hallelujah. Being disabled, brothers, is tough. If you're a man, you're not waking, and other men supply you with rents and cents until they become proud and tell their their wives when they go and meet you and say, I know he's going to need something, and they even call you a a toll gate. A human being is is a funny being. Without the Holy Ghost, is not reliable. Gets tired easily. Hallelujah. That's why when you are around men and you have a problem, listen to how they attend to your problem. If they come with wishy-washy solutions, they want to keep you there. But men that are interested, they say, we want this man to be a provider. Brother, this is what we can do and can do. Hallelujah. And they become dignified. They don't even tell you are women that you are struggling. They are men of honor. Hallelujah. Yes. I mean, if, if I ask you 50 rand to win brother Sibusisu, and you say, yeah, I'll give you 50 rand, and you wait until you are with Sister Gatleo, and say, hey, Sister Gatleo, is that 50 rand there? You've got no honor. You are scandalous as a man. Men are there to protect each other. You look at me walking there, looking nice, and you say, I have provided a solution. And sometimes if you had to tell your wife, your wife is dignified. She won't go telling around and say, hey, that suit. I know where it comes from. 
Are you here, people? Amen. I hope you are here. Amen. Amen. When you are being held by people of honor, they treat you with dignity. Amen. Are you able to respect a man that you know he's lacking and you have helped him, but you still respect him? Yes. As a man that seems like he's got everything. And you even make your family to respect him. Yes. Are you here, people? Yes. Hallelujah. Don't pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you, your relatives have treated you in that manner. You lacked and they treated you like a scandal of the family. And this man, as a disabled man, that's how he was. That's how he felt. No dignity, no honor. Some walked past him and they never even laid their eyes on him. They knew that man was going to be there. But when they chew me, that had the solution. That came. And their coming was not dramatic. It was simple. And they were going to the temple to meet the dignitaries in the temple. Because they were debating on the gospel of the day. But on their way to the dignitaries, they had a solution. For a lame man by the wayside. The Bible says, they, they, they fastened, they looked on him. And he was begging them and they said, to, okay, silver and gold, we have none. It's not because they were broke, folks. It's because they were migrating him from one dimension to another dimension. Hallelujah. I had a young man that came into my office here. And he told me, he says, Pastor, I've been followed by the spirit since the birth. This is what's happening. I think it is witchcraft and what what. I say, brother, I've got a solution. But my solution, it involves migration. You've got to migrate from the world where there are witches. From the world where there is bad luck to my world. And I can tell you, if you migrate... Things will never be the same. And he said, Pastor, how do I migrate? I say, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you will be a citizen where I am. And no no witchcraft shall ever reach you. I was not interested. In his world, what happens? I will say, brother, I've got a new citizenship. Let's move out of here and come to the world where you will speak about theophany. Third pool, seven seal. There is that world. Come with me. But the danger today, look, <laughs> I grew up in Limpopo. The place called Luwahum. There isn't much exciting there except the old parliament. There isn't much exciting. If you pick me up and find me as a Luwahum boy and you take me to Cape Town, and when we're in Cape Town, you, sit, you make me sit down. Every morning you say, Hey, you know, tell me about that Luwahum of yours. And I say, oh, there is parliament, there is a third road, there is this. The next day you say, hey, 
Tell me about that little home. Then I will wonder, what are we doing in Cape Town? Because I expect you to say, oh, young man, you are from Lewahum. It's a small place. Now you are in a big city. Today we're going to look at the ocean. Let's go to the ocean. Tomorrow we're going to look at the dolphins. Tomorrow we're going to go to the table of the uh, table mountain. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, this one we're going we're gonna to see the parliament. Because why? You have brought me there. You believers, stop entertaining the stories of the people that are in the world. Tell them about your world. Your world is ten times better than their world. Are you here this morning? And the two men. Have you seen that wherever Jesus went, he always went with James, Peter, and John. Those were the people in the closer cycle. Hallelujah. When he went up Mount Transfiguration, they were there. Hallelujah. These both people, they had a relationship. And when they came along, they looked at the man and said, silver and gold, we have none. But such as we have, you got to have something. Such as we have. They knew what they did not have. They knew what they had. And they said, silver and gold, we have none. But such as we have, we shall give it to you. Stand up, rise up, and walk. They never prayed for him. Why didn't they ask God and say, God, help this man? No. Peter knew I've got the keys. Whatever I bind here shall be bound there. Whatever I set free here shall be set free. Men, stand up and walk. That's authority. That's the third pull ministry. They understood who they were. And my question would be, who healed them? Because if it was us, we'd say, Jesus, long prayer. But they say, stand up and walk. And what do they say? In the name. Hallelujah. That name shall never lose its power. When John was still born in Elizabeth's womb, and when and Mary went to visit Elizabeth, and when they were talking there, when John was dead in his mother's womb, and they began to talk and have a conversation, and Mary said, "You know, the angel told me that I shall call his name Jesus." The first time that name was spoken by mortal lips. John kicked. In the womb of Elizabeth, there was a revival. That name has power. And it will break every chain. Are you sick this morning? In the name of Jesus Christ, receive your healing. That name has power, folks. No other name was given to the human race except the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That demons will tremble when you breathe that name in prayer. I may not have much when I meet the enemy, but as long as I'm able to utter that name, the Bible says, the man leaped. Oh, 
Omar, he jumped. There was a certain current that recharged him and that went through his body. What was that current? The name. The name. No other name. The name of Jesus Christ. And the man jumped and started praising God and started walking as an upright man. He was healed instantly. And this morning, the same power that they had, this morning we have the same power. We can tell the world, look on us. Hallelujah. Look on us as the bride of Jesus Christ. Religion couldn't help, but relationship helped. Don't follow religion. Have a relationship. And they start limping, praising God. Walking into the temple. I wonder, he must have disrupted the sermon of the day. They were recycling Moses' sermons. But that day there was a new sermon in the building. A man was walking after he was touched by the power of God. There are times when we must preach to you. But there are times when we must demonstrate to you. Maybe I had much better. See, some people thought this church will close. I've got a testimony. Three young men came here. I didn't know them. Never met them. We came here. Say, Pastor, we were in a ZCC church and we asked them when they wanted to baptize us, can we baptize, we are going to baptize you, they say, in what way? They didn't, they're not message believers. They just knew that the baptism has been the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, no, as we want to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a CC priest looked at the three young men and said, we won't do it in this church. It's in Middleburg. But I know another church. Down there, opposite Cheliko, you can go there, they will baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they came there and said, Pastor, we want to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say, I'm going to baptize you. Who testified to them? God used as a CC man to say, there is a solution here, but it's down there. We don't have it, but they have it. They will come from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. Because they are predestinated. Maybe let me hit you with another testimony. I received an email from a young man. And say, from 2014, I've been listening to your message. Somebody directed me to the website of your church. And I downloaded the message. On the church website, we've got William Brenham there and all his sermons. To show that it's not the pastor, but there is a prophet. Then he jumped from the pastor to the prophet and started reading. You know what happened? He said, I started, I'm a youth leader. I started testifying in our church. Telling them about the message, but he's not a message believer. 
And he says, when the pastor and the wife got to hear that, there is a new gospel. Hallelujah. That we are preaching because that gospel made Jesus Christ to be real. He said, Pastor, as I'm writing this email, I'm expelled from the church. I gave him a call and said, you are on the right track, young man. God will find his people at the right time because we've got expectation. Well, some people think our church will close. We are planning to expand this church. We are planning to break the walls. I was thinking that not long I'll have an LED wall behind me, preaching behind me. Yes, that's my expectation. That's my expectation. It will bring results. We are here to stay, folks. During difficult times and during easy times. I'm here to stay. Because I believe it works. Expectation. I hope I've helped you with your expectation. Hallelujah. And I look at this church. I see a miracle in this church. I was sitting here and I sobbed during the communion service. I looked and said, goodness, where can you ever find a place where you've got Congolese, you've got Zimbabweans, you've got South Africans, you've got whites, you've got Indians, you've got colors that can come and drink from one cup? How? You can't design it. But I've realized as long as we preach what William Branham said, it will bring results. Bless you as we stop. How many say God is good? God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. All the time. Have expectation of blessings every day.
many believe that? Amen. 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 Amen.
that have expectations. You serve a big God that can do big things. And I think it is proper for you if you've got an expectation to raise your hand and say, God, here I am with my expectation. May you meet my expectation this morning as I come before you. And I tell you, he will meet your expectation. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. As big as it is, present it as it is. He is more than able to resolve that issue, to sort out that sickness. This God is great, is the Almighty God. As we pray, our dear Heavenly Father, the Lord and Master Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we come before your holy presence, O God. Just to thank you, O God. Just to say, O God, you are holy. Holy, holy you are, God. Heavenly Father, O God, from the rising of the sun, O God, you are holy, O God. You deserve the praise, O God. Heavenly Father, you deserve to be magnified, O God. You are above all else, O God. Heavenly Father, there is no God like you, O God. Heavenly Father, O God, we lift you higher, O God. For Heavenly Father, O God, as the songwriter says, O God, I've searched, O God, from eternity, O God. There is none like you, O God. Heavenly Father, O God, surely, Heavenly Father, this is like heaven to me, O God. Heavenly Father, O God, we have tapped into eternity this morning, O God. Heavenly Father, Brother Brenham says, O God, this gospel takes you to familiar places in Christ Jesus, O God. Heavenly Father, O God, it is nothing but the truth, O God. Heavenly so God, we just want to say, O God, we appreciate you, Alpha and Omega. We appreciate you, the beginning and the end, O God. Heavenly Father, O God, there is absolutely none like you, O God. Heavenly Father, you just came down, O God, and you took flesh, O God. And Heavenly Father, O God, you take us up higher, O God. Heavenly Father, O God, the song that says, O God, when your glory comes down, O God, then you lift us up high, O God. Heavenly Father, O God, we are lifted up high, O God. We are encouraged by your word, O God. Heavenly Father, O God, we came, O God, with expectations oh God and they were met even more oh God heavenly father oh God that's why you said oh God let the mind that was in Christ be in us oh God heavenly father so we can see the things oh God in the way oh God you would see them oh God oh God we thank you for the breaking of the bread oh God heavenly father oh God the more you break the bread to us the more this gospel becomes a reality the more we shake off the dust oh God heavenly Father, that's the more we want to take up, oh God, that we see, oh God, the reality of the message of the hour, oh God. Heavenly Father, oh God, this is no man's message, but it is your message, oh God. Heavenly Father, we just want to say this morning, we thank you, oh God. Heavenly Father, oh God, my hand is raised, my brother's hands are raised, my sister's hands are raised. Father, beneath that hand, oh God, there is a request, oh God, there's a expectation, oh God. Heavenly Father, we know that Heavenly Father, when we're expecting, oh God, our motives must be right, oh God. Heavenly Father, thus we lift our hands. We know that Heavenly Father, you from heaven, oh God, you're going to attend to our needs. Heavenly Father, oh God, this morning, oh God, we are blessed as your children. Father, oh God, we just want to thank you and say, oh God, there is none like you, oh God. Oh, Heavenly Father, oh God, we also say, oh God, 
Continue to bless your servants, O God. Continue to bless your service, O God, as we go outside, O God. May it be a reality, O God. May we, O God, walk in the footsteps of the service, O God. Heavenly Father, may we be written epistles, O God, read of all men, O God. Heavenly Father, we say, O God, also retain the virtue, O God, that has gone out of your servant, O God. And Heavenly Father, O God, continue to strengthen him, O God, and bless him and his family, O God. And Heavenly Father, O God, there is none like you, O God. This morning, O oh God, we say, O oh God, we are thankful, O oh God. May we always stay underneath your feet, O oh God, beneath your feet, O oh God, because Heavenly Father, there is no place, O oh God, that to be in your presence, O oh God, because Heavenly Father, in your presence, the road of Aaron budded, O oh God. In your presence, O oh God, there is sanity, O oh God. In your presence, Heavenly Father, O oh God, there is no problem that is permanent, O oh God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your divine word, Heavenly Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 No, I think it was on a Wednesday service. I, after I had preached, I asked people to write whatever they need in in their on their notepads. And I think it was Brother Burrero. He was here said, I've never found a permanent job for over 10 years. I've been looking and I wrote in my Bible what I need. And I want to thank God. God has given me a permanent job. I think it was Brother Watt. He says, look, where I was working, I was not happy with the conditions where I was working. I wanted to be moved and I wanted to move, and I wrote on that Wednesday what I needed, and God has given me a promotion at another place. And a young man that I cannot mention his name, he said, look, Pastor, I've been struggling with lust, I've been battling, but after I had written in that notepad, I've been delivered. If you come expecting, God will meet your expectations. Don't be afraid to ask. God will grant it. Amen. Mighty warrior. You know, in the battle, you must always keep your focus on the general. Michael himself.
somebody that had been dead for a number of days. But I'm just showing you the God of William Brennan. He's still on the scene. He's still doing miracles. 
if our attitude can be right, God will move in a special way. Even the doctors are still amazed how he survived. Actually, he was cycling. I think there were two heart specialists that were there. And a doctor came and said, I just don't know how you survived. But when he was in coma, they kept on telling the sister and say, just pray. But believers prayed. Believers prayed. And results came. Amen. God is still doing great things amongst ourselves. We just need to testify more about him. Amen. Maybe, brother, we're at your place. You sang a beautiful song, Zimbabwean song. Let's sing that one. It's the last one. Have a blessed week. Pray for us. We are praying for you. Amen. Just, just get stuck in those tapes. Amen. Then thereafter, you'll be dismissed. Amen. We just thought the Zimbabwean must sing the Zimbabwean one this time. Amen. Oh, okay. God bless. Amen. Then I'm recused. Amen. Amen. I greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to sing a Shona song. Makana. Koji. Makana Kajes. Makana Kajesu. Imi Makana Kajesu. Iwe Simutan.